Thanks for joining us for Life Vineyard Church. If we haven't met yet, my name's Dan, and I'm one of the lead pastors here, and I'm new here. This is my first Sunday here. Um, So if you're new here, we're all together. Everybody who's new here, raise your hand. Yeah, everybody, great job. It is so beautiful and wonderful to be in this building. This whole, I mean, the last, I don't know how long this has been going on, nine months or so that we've been uh, looking to move has just been crazy. And this is more than we ever prayed for. Like, we were praying for one thing, and God dropped this in our lap. Like, we were thinking, like, could we, like, remodel our building, buy our building over there, and then, like, this came. It's just amazing. It's a whole long story that I won't get into today, but we're just so thankful to God for this building. And then I am so thankful for you guys this week. So many of you, let me put it this way, I have never had so many interruptions to writing a sermon before. And I have never loved it so much. It was so great because so many people were coming in the building, cleaning, unpacking boxes, doing all this stuff. So many of you helped last week move. It's been amazing. My heart is just full with how many people just are supporting this whole ministry and that you guys are here today. It's just beautiful. I love it. Um, So thank you. Thank you for being a part of the church. Thank you for helping out. Thank you for giving. Thank you for doing everything it takes to make this home. And it reminds me that, like, this building isn't it. Like, if we had to meet in someone's house or in someone's basement or something, like, this is the church. We are the church, not the building. But man, am I thankful that we have a place where we can come and be together. Well, we're in a series, uh, we're in a brand new series. It started last week. We're going to continue it today, and it's called Empowered. And it's about Uh, the Holy Spirit in our lives, how Jesus lives in us and with us, and so we are empowered people. And so we're looking at what that looks like practically in our lives. So today we're going to talk about faith, what it means to have faith in God and have the Holy Spirit be a part of our lives in our faith. Do you guys remember the panic of a pop quiz like, you, can you feel that in your chest right now? Like, oh, we got a pop quiz today. Can you feel that? I mean, it's been, what, so many years for me since my last pop quiz, and I still have dreams about, like, not being prepared for something, right? You guys can relate to that. One of my greatest academic blunders was in Mr. Walk's 11th grade geography class at Normal Community High School, and it wasn't a pop quiz it was a pop presentation. Some of, oh yeah, okay, thanks for shuddering with me a little bit. That was, that was great. You guys, you guys get it. That's just like a whole nother thing. And um, my presentation, it was assigned beforehand. I'll tell you what happened. It was on fitness clubs and where they were located and why they were located there. And I signed up for, to give my presentation on a Thursday. Presentation started on Wednesday. And so it's Wednesday. And my friends are giving their presentations. My peers, you know, I'll give a shout out to all my high school friends. Josh gave his presentation and Clint gave his and, and, uh, and Noelle gave hers. And then my other peers gave their presentations. And everybody that signed up for Wednesday went. And there's some extra time left in class. And we were like, great, 
We got like study hall for the rest of the time or something. That's what we were expecting. We'll get out our TI-87 calculators and play some games. Anybody with me there? Or am I just, okay, I see some nods, great. If you don't know, don't worry about it. Um, but no, Mr. Walk looks at me and he says, Dan, you're up. And I said, oh, no, 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 Mr. Walk, <laughs> I signed up for tomorrow. He said, well, you did, but presentations are due today. And so you need to go today because they're due today. And I said, oh, I don't have my notes. I don't have my fancy map that I made on my cool lime green poster board. And he said, well, you can go now or you can get a zero. And I said, well, I only have one option here then. I'm going now. He's like, we got a schedule to keep. I said, okay, I'll go now. So I did the best I could. I grabbed a friend's poster board who had similar maps to mine and I just kind of pointed them out. I did the best that I could with no notes or anything. And boy, I didn't fail. I didn't get a zero. I got a D <laughs> something. Um, and that was my pop quiz presentation. And it seems like that was like my awakening to life. That life brings you all these things that you're not prepared for. Life has this habit of giving you situations that you're not ready for. Pop quizzes in every corner of your life that you didn't prepare for. And you can't just quit. You can't get a zero. So you've got to move into that and make a decision. You know, there's a story in Scripture about a guy whose life doesn't go as planned. It's not going as planned. In fact, Scripture is full of these, of these stories, of things not going as planned, people failing, people not doing the right things. And that's the beauty of Scripture, I think, is that it's always about God meeting people in their failures. It's not about people being good enough to get to God. It's God coming to us. And this is just one of those another one of those stories, and we find it in Luke 7. Luke 7, 2 is where I'm going to start. So if you've got your Bible today, you can open that. If you've uh, got an app, I'll be reading from the NIV version today, and this is Luke 7, 2. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some of his elders to the Jews to ask him, uh, sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, this man deserves to have you do this because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. Synagogue is like a, a church, community, community center. So Jesus went with them. He was not from far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come under my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. I tell that one, come, and he comes. I say to this, my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him and turned to the crowd following him and he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. You know, unlike many of the other stories that we have of Jesus healing, this one 
doesn't focus on the healing itself, but it focuses on the unforeseen faith by the centurion, a non-Jew, non-God-fearing man, a man who could be seen as an oppressor. He was a Roman, an occupier of their country. So life is not going according to plan, not for the centurion, not for his servant, And the centurion, he heavily relies on this man. In fact, his whole household probably relies on this guy to to manage the house. Luke, the author here, describes him as highly valued. And so the centurion, he's been thrown a curveball, an unexpected situation with his illness. Every one of us has been in a similar situation. I've got to give a presentation I'm not completely prepared for. I wasn't prepared for my kids to make decisions that I don't approve of. Our health takes a turn we never saw coming. We never expected marriage to be so difficult. We face an injustice, a death, a cruelty that never should have happened. And each one of these life events creates a pop quiz. And the first question of that pop quiz, and perhaps the only question, is what am I going to do? What am I going to do? But there's good news. Whenever life throws us these pop quizzes, they're always multiple choice. Now, do you remember that feeling of a pop quiz? Like your teacher says, pop quiz today. They hand out the first one and the kid's like, hey, it's multiple choice, it's multiple choice. And you see the A, B, C, D and you're like, yes, okay, I have hope. I have hope that I can pass this pop quiz. So life gives us these four options. And to find out what these options are, we're going to hop in my time machine. We're going to travel back to 1999 and play a little game called Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Now, I have taken the liberty to add all of your names into this hat. Okay, and I'm going to call one of you up, and you are going to come play Who Wants to Be a Millionaire with me. Liz, I'm going to need that microphone for whoever I pick. So, are you guys nervous? Some of you are nervous. Let's see who we got here. Patrick Kirby, our newest member. Come on down. You're the next contestant on the price. Wait, who wants to be a millionaire? Here, do you want to wear the hat? There you go. You can wear that. All right, so you have made it to the last question of who wants to be a millionaire. You have a chance to win a million life bucks today. That that sounds amazing. Uh, Can you tell us what you do for a living? That's what they always ask. Oh, uh, I'm a nurse practitioner. Nurse practitioner, that's great. All right, let's see. The last question, he's made it to who wants to be a millionaire, the million-dollar question. Let's see it. Ooh, life has given you something you didn't expect, Patrick. What will you do? Deal with it yourself, rely on family and friends, run, or give it to God. Now, since there's only one question, is, is this tough for you? Okay, if you want to poll the audience, you can poll the audience. We need that music for effect. Keep that music going. Let's, we, this, is, this is heart pumping here. Oh, poll the audience. Okay, uh, go ahead. You guys can just shout it out. We didn't get our little things installed. Um, for the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. So you guys just shout it out. Shout it out what you think it is. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. man. So I, I, I 
I heard some C's out I there. I heard yeah. a lot of C's out there, but um, I'm gonna go with D. 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 All right, let's see. Uh, oh yeah, you did it! Wow. I get a million life bucks. Great job. Now, with your million life bucks, you can shop at our million dollar store, and this is the only thing we have for sale. So. Oh yes, there it's my you go. Favorite. Yeah, I know. Thing. That's what I got How for it. No. Thank you for participating. You, 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 now you can give it back to Liz. Wow. Thank you, Patrick. Now, listen, here's, here's why we did that. Because I wanted you to see how obvious the answer is. But sometimes, sometimes we don't realize that God's even an answer. Like all of those, um, all of those answers they have a little bit of truth to them, right? Like, I can go to my family and friends, and I can, um, I can try and help get them to help me with it. And that's what the enemy wants us to believe, that, like, God's not an option, and that we have all these other options, and there's a little bit of truth to all of them, but they're never going to quite satisfy us. They're not going to give us the result we're hoping for. They're all a little bit incomplete. So if we can go through these answers one by one, I want you to see these. Deal with it yourself. Now, that might seem like a, a good answer at first, but if you've lived long enough, you know that you are going to come into situations in your life, unexpected situations, where you can't handle it yourself. You can't overcome it yourself. You need God's help. Rely on family and friends. Friends, seemingly a great answer, right? Even the Bible gives us scriptures about how family and friends can support us and help us, but in and of themselves, they won't do it. We need to bring God into that mix. Run? Boy, this is my default. I just run, you know, like I'll just hope it works out and I'll run until, of course, you can't run anymore. Which leaves us with the right answer. Give it to God. When we face unforeseen turns and valleys in our lives, we give them to God. We look for his guidance in them. And there's a word for that. When we give things to God, that's called faith. Last week, Greg gave us a, what I'll call an inspired message. I absolutely loved it, on who the Holy Spirit is. If you didn't hear it, you can go listen to, on the podcast. Um, check that out this week while you're mowing your lawn or doing dishes. It's a great message. And at the end, he gave us some practical tips. And he, he invited us to pray this prayer. Like, Holy Spirit, what should I do? Holy Spirit, what should I do here? And then he said, follow that prayer. Just don't let that sit there. But, but follow that prayer with one that says, and then, Holy Spirit, give me the strength to do it. Give me the strength what you're calling me to do. I mean, how many times has God shown us the way in our lives, even when we don't ask for it and we say, yeah, God, I see that, but you know, I'm going to choose option C. I'm running. Or I'm going to choose option B. I'm going to rely on other people. We've all done that. We've all been there. And God says, okay, I'll be here when you're done running. That's fine. I'll be here when others fail you. I'll be here when you can't complete it yourself. When you're ready to trust me, I'm ready for you. When we ask God for the way on and trust him in the way he's given us, that's called faith. Faith is what happens when we put our trust in God. And that's what happens here with a centurion in Luke 7. And the way he puts his trust in Jesus causes Jesus to be amazed. Let's take a closer look. 
Once the centurion gets word that his Jewish friends were successful, his first set of friends were successful in convincing Jesus to come heal his servant, he sends some different friends out to Jesus. And, he's, and as Jesus is getting closer to the house, this guy is like, you know, Jesus, I'm unworthy. I don't even deserve to have you be in my house. I'd be embarrassed if you came under the same roof as me. You know, you don't even have to be here in person. Just give the word and my servant will get well. And then Jesus, amazed at this, he takes us, he's like taken aback. He says, this is amazing. I've yet to come across this kind of faith in all of Israel. This is the first time I've seen this. This is incredible. And that's a great surprise. You see, the Israelites were the ones that were supposed to understand faith, that were supposed to understand how to put their faith and trust in God. No one expects this Roman centurion to be the one that amazes Jesus. And so when Jesus sees this kind of faith in this man, he says he's never seen anything like that before. And maybe if he were here today and he, uh, he had this interaction today, he might say, that's what I'm talking about. Have you guys ever said that? Like, that's what I'm talking about. That's, and Jesus might say, that's what I'm talking about. This, this faith that I've been talking about, here's an example of it right here in this centurion. And there's some good news for us here. Jesus was amazed by the faith of this no-name, non-church-attending, non-Israelite Roman guy. So what are the qualifications to have faith that amazes Jesus? There aren't any. That means that you, sitting here today, you can have the same kind of faith that amazes Jesus. Can you imagine I bet, I bet this has happened in your life before where Jesus has taken a step back and just said, wow, I love that faith. That's exactly what I'm talking about. Let me give you three signposts today. Three signposts of what amazing faith looks like. The first one is that amazing faith expects a yes, but can endure a no. It expects a yes, but it can endure a no. When we pray for things, we all pray differently. But in my experience, we, when we pray for things, when we pray for God to intervene in our lives, we tend to think uh, in one of two ways. And the first way is that we expect a yes, and we think we deserve a yes. Like, God, I've done all these right things, and so yeah, I, I deserve for you to work in my life in the way that I want. And then there are times when we pray, and we expect him to say no, because why would the God of the universe do that for me? I'm too insignificant. He's too busy. I've turned my back on him too many times. And many times we bounce back between those two things of I'm not worthy or I deserve this. But what we see here from this faithful centurion is that he expects a yes, but can endure a no. He wants a yes for Jesus. He hopes for a yes. He has faith for a yes but he can endure a no. There's kind of a, a radical middle here. There's a balance of like, I know God can do this. I expect that he does it, but I'll be okay if God says no to this. We all need to know this, that you can be full of faith and also endure when God says no and when God says wait or God says I've got something else for you. Faith like this says, when God says no, I continue to recognize that he's still God. 
I'm certain he's still in control. I still know he cares for me. I acknowledge that even though I can't see it now, I know he's working all things out for my good. And in the midst of God's no, we say with faith, God, you are still king. I worship you. You are still Lord. I'll serve you. God, you are my foundation. I'll keep following you. And there's a second part to this. When we expect a yes, we can endure a no and are open to how God wants to get things done. You can see here as a centurion sends his friends back to Jesus a second time saying, no, you don't have to come here. You don't have to do it my way. You can do it in any way that you want because you are Jesus. You can accomplish this. We talked about this a few weeks ago. We talked about the upside-down miracle where we pray for one thing. We have a specific vision for how it's going to work out. And we say, Jesus, here's what I want. And Jesus says, yes, I'm going to answer your prayer with a yes. But we get this upside-down miracle, something that we weren't expecting, something that is exactly what we need. It's a yes to our prayer, but it's not what we were expecting. It's what God has for us. The second signpost of amazing faith says that faith, amazing faith says you don't have to do it my way. My trust is in you to answer my prayer in whatever way is best. You don't have to do it my way. Let's look at what happens next in this story. This is verse 7. The centurion, a powerful, respected military officer, says, I'm not worthy, Jesus, to be near you. From a human a window shopping point of view. If we were to look at this guy, we would say, absolutely, he's deserving. Like, he's a respected leader. He's a friend of the Israelites, even though he's a Roman. He's built them a church, a community center with his own money. Like, that's, that's pretty amazing. If he was applying for a job with Jesus, his resume might rise to the, to the top of the stack. In fact, that's what the Jewish leaders tell Jesus. Like, this guy, of all the people, this guy, Jesus, he's the one. He deserves your miracle. But when the centurion sends his friends back to him the second time, the centurion's like, no, I don't deserve this. Like, you may have heard some things about me. You may have heard some things about what I've done that are good, but you don't know what else I've done. I don't deserve to be in the same roof with you, under you. I, I would be embarrassed to be in your presence. I don't deserve to have you do this for me. This one is for those of you that find yourself expecting God to say no to your prayers. Because why would the God of the universe do that for me? He's too busy. I'm too insignificant. I'm not worthy. But the centurion teaches us that even though we're unworthy, we can still go to God in faith. Because look, in the very next verses, he says that I'm unworthy, but he also recognizes Jesus's authority. Because Jesus's authority is the only thing that matters here to the centurion. It doesn't matter what the centurion has done. It doesn't matter how he's messed up. All that matters is the centurion knows that Jesus is King of kings and Lord of lords over all creation. And that just by speaking a word, he can heal his servant. The centurion says, I understand your authority. 
Just like I have authority over my men, I I tell them to go and they go. I tell them to jump and they jump. Jesus, I recognize your authority. His statements here recognize that Jesus has authority over all creation, physical and spiritual, over sickness, over despair, over evil, over injustice, over all of life's circumstances that we're not prepared for. And this point is also for those of you that get frustrated when, you, when God won't or it seems like he's not doing something, even though you've done all the right things. You expect a yes because you deserve a yes. We've all been there before. God, answer my prayers because I've dedicated my life to you. God, answer my prayers because I go to church every week. God, answer my prayers because I'm in a small group. I lead a small group. I deserve to have my prayers answered, God. We've all been there. And here's signpost number three. The centurion asks in faith for healing not because of who he is and what he's done, but because of who he knows Jesus to be. Lord over all creation. He says, I don't expect you to do it because of what I've done. I expect you to do it because of who you are. For those of us still feeling unworthy to ask God for a miracle, let me share this verse with you. And for those of you that feel like you deserve a miracle, that you've done the right things, I have a verse for you, and it's the very same verse. And it's Ephesians 3.12. It says, because of Christ, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. Because of Jesus' death and resurrection for you, because he conquered sin and death on your behalf, because of you putting your faith in him, your unworthiness is wiped out. And the Bible tells us that we can enter into his presence and ask him. We can have him be a part of our everyday lives. And on top of that, there's good news that there's nothing you can do. Even though you did all the right things, that's great, and Jesus celebrates that, but there's nothing you can do to earn his presence because it's just a gift to you when we put our faith in him. So go to God with your requests, not because of who you are, And don't hold back because of what you've done, but go to him, not because of who we are, but because of who God is. Let me recap this in just under a minute. Band, you guys can come up. When life gives you situations you didn't prepare for, you have choices. Don't let Satan tell you that there's any other choices except for giving it to God. When we choose to trust God, it's called faith. An amazing faith expects a yes but can endure a no. Amazing faith says, God, you don't have to do it my way. My trust is in you and how you want to get it done. An amazing faith asks for a miracle, not because of who we are, but because of who we know God to be. Will you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for who you are. Like nothing in this life would happen except for who you are when you intervene in our lives. And we are so grateful that you are a God that loves us and cares about us. 
to intervene in our lives. And so we ask for faith. We ask that you would, in these uh, confusing and difficult and pop quiz life situations, that you would remind us of who you are, that you would guide us down the right path, and that you would give us the boldness and the courage to continue to say yes to you as we follow you into your way. So Jesus, we love you. We thank you for who you are. And that it doesn't matter who we are. Amen. At Life Vineyard Church, we want you to experience the life-changing presence of God. We'd love to have you join our community. We meet every Sunday in Muhammad, Illinois. To find out more, go to lifevineyard.org, lifevineyard.org. Oh, hey, you're still here. You're like one of my favorite people. The kind of person that like sticks around after church while everybody else has left. Like you're still one of the last ones talking. You're like the podcast version of that person. And while I have you here, uh, if you didn't know, this is Pastor Dan. Uh, while I have you here, I just want to say, hey, if you don't have a church home, we would love for you to come to life if you're in the central Illinois area. If you're listening to this outside of central Illinois, go find a vineyard church. Vineyard churches are amazing places. Go find one near you. And if you're not near a vineyard church, then uh, just find a church, a community of believers that you can be involved with, be in community with. I think we are our best spiritual selves when we are in community with other people who are following Jesus. That's what the church is for. So we hope to see you here. And if not here, go find a community of believers that you can get involved with this week. All right. Thanks for listening. See you later.